Oh, yes. Where are all my kids? Kids church. It's time for kids church. Are we going through this door? Does anybody know? Probably. Yes, yes. Everybody up those stairs. Yeah. Can you lead everybody up that way? Y'all follow Miss Quinn? Okay. <laughs> got to get some water. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Lord's house. If you're here for the first time, we welcome you. We embrace you with air hugs. And um, we're just glad that you're here today. Um, so I'm going to speak to you guys for a minute here. Um, this is not for the seniors. If the What's that saying in English? If the shoe fits, throw it away or something like that? Oh, wear it. Oh, sorry. I'm foreigner. I can still use that car nowadays, even though I live here for over 17 years. One time I was talking to a, a lady from Youth with a Mission, and I, I, I look at her shirt, and she had holes in it. And um, <clears throat> she was from Louisiana, I remember that. And so I told her, why are you wearing that? You look so homeless. And apparently it was a style. So she got really offended, and I realized it right away. And I was like, I'm so sorry. My English is not very good. I meant to say you look homesick, like you're missing your family. <clears throat> and I got away. <laughs> um, hey, baby. You want to say hi? No? Where's mommy? And so uh, I used that car many times, even with my wife. And so she's always like, okay, you can't use it anymore. There's a statute of limitation on how long you can use that car. But uh, I was thinking about you guys, the 2021 graduating class. Um, I know um, two of the seniors are not here today. They were partying too hard last night, and they think that they're adults now. They can do whatever they want, so they couldn't make it to church. So we miss you. Um, but... So there is some fun facts that I want to share with y'all. But where's my wife? She's the one that has the plan. Uh, we have a video to show you. It's really cool. And it shows these beautiful faces, three stages of their life, when they were little, somewhere in between, and nowadays. Um, when I was showing Chrissy the pictures of you guys, they were like, who, who are these people? They look so different because they're all fixed up and look so handsome and good-looking. Uh, but it's amazing to get to this point. And why, why is it that we make a big deal out of it? You know, there's some families that we come from that our parents, my dad, he was a preacher. He funded, like, fun, found, fun. He built and founded, there you go, founded 24 churches. He baptized, I don't know how many thousands of people, but he only went to school until third grade. That's as far as he got. He knew how to read, and he knew how to write. My mom, I think she made it to fourth grade. But they did a really good job at raising kids. I mean, look at me here, right? So uh, even though the limited education that they have access to only got them that far, just imagine what y'all can do now that you're graduating so you got a lot of responsibility because now it's like, I mean, imagine what a third grader can do. Now you guys are graduating from high school. And, and, and I know you work hard and, and, and you showed up. You were there whenever you wanted to be and couldn't skip. Um, but, I mean, you were there. You work hard. Some of y'all are so remarkable. 
when you please take the time to read the remarks of what these kids were involved in i'm like how how did you do that like i remember i barely i made it to first period in my senior year i think like two weeks out of the whole year and so my teacher i was a really bad student my teacher i remember her my spanish teacher that was my first period she said you're not passing my class even if you get a hundred i was like that and so um in our education system, it's all based on testing. So it doesn't matter what homework you do, how many times you show up. If you pass your test, you're good. And I was like, I'm going to ace that test. I don't care. That's why my Spanish is so bad and my English is even worse. Because I didn't show up to Spanish literature. I hated that class. I don't know why. I just didn't want to analyze all this reading and whatever. So my speech is very poor. See, if I say so many appropriate things today, that's why I didn't show up to Spanish class my senior year. And so I took my test, and I made a 98. And she's like, you still no pass. You no graduate. So I went to the principal, and I cried. And I was like, look, uh, man, my dad is a pastor, and he's going to be so brokenhearted. And then we're going to tell the whole church that you all didn't pass me. I was so manipulated. It was terrible. I was a bad person, but Jesus saved me and changed it. Hey, babe, are we showing that video now? I don't have a clue what I'm doing here. So, no, no, their video. I said at the end we're doing that. Okay. Yeah, she's got a plan. So, but before we show that video, I want to show some fun facts. So, for you guys, these four and a lot of the people here, the younger ones, so you never have to wait for dial-up internet. Like from the moment y'all were born and you have internet, you don't even know what that is, do you? You have to have a phone line, you go like, it only, uh, you can hear that sound when you call a business that have a fax machine on it. The first iPhone was released when you were in preschool. Can you imagine that? Y'all remember the iPhone, was it the iPhone 4? Is that what they call it? It's like a little square cool little thing. Jasmine has three of them, um, so she's collecting. One day, they're going to be worth a lot of money. Wait for that Apple stock to go a little higher. So the hashtag have always been hashtags and never pound signs to us. See, for older folks, they're the pound, press the pound sign, and you're like, wait, no, that's the hashtag. So soon, they're going to put on the answering machine, press the hashtag. Hybrid automobiles have always been mass-produced. We never live in a world with monthly texting limits. See, you guys know what unlimited plans are. We didn't. I, my first phone, in fact, I was 21 years old, and it was a Nokia, uh, like that weird look. It was a flip phone. And so then I came to the States, and Chrissy, of course, she wanted to talk to me, so she, she bought me a cell phone, and he had a speaker on it. You can listen to music. It was awesome. But you still have to press the button like three times before you get the letter that you wanted. It was hard to text. Uh, we had an endless supply of social media platforms. So we might need some work on person-to-person communication. That's something that we're going to talk about today. Now, we never had to lick a postage stamp. Have y'all? Have you ever sent a letter and you have to lick that postage stamp to play? Nowadays, you just peel it up and put it in. But back in the day, you had to lick it. And then some people die from poisoning, I think, because they lick too much. I saw that in a movie. Seinfeld? No. It was Seinfeld. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's not a movie. It's a show. 
Harry Potter, Ron, and Hermione have helped build our reading skills through all seven volumes. That might not make sense to y'all. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm foreigner. Um, so we started and ended the year in the middle of a global pandemic. Isn't that funny, though? Interesting, huh? We have always had Google. See, before, there was a number that we used to dial. Y'all remember what it was? 411? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had a question, and you call it or text it. I, I don't remember when it turned into text. And, and you ask a question, or, hey, can you find somebody's number or whatever? But y'all didn't have to do any of that. Okay, let's watch the video. It's going to be cool. Take time to read the lettering thing, though. There you have it. Isn't it wonderful, though? Um, when I graduated high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I was, like, clueless. My father died in my senior year, so that added to my confusion. Um, if somebody's watching online, can you I kind of adjusted the camera. If you all can see it still, like, from here. Um, you can see it? Okay. Um, and so it was a very hard year for me personally because I had to deal, you know, with the death of my father. And, um, you know, every family has different relationship with between parents and kids. But I had a really healthy relationship with my parents. And so it was a big shock. It was very uh, difficult to just get over that time. And so... Um, we grew up as a very affectionate family. There was a lot of hugs and kisses and slapping, smacking in the head, um, belt, heating, all kind of physical contact that you can think of a family. So um, we later on, 
me and Chrissy, we took this uh, love language test, and we discovered that touch is my love language. That's how I let people know that I love them. So if I haven't touched you, I don't care much about you, or I haven't get that close to you. <laughs> so if I ever tap you or be like, hey, high five. <clears throat> my wife, she's the opposite. She hates hugs. And, uh, but I can't go a day without kissing because she'll be like, you haven't kissed me today. Well, you don't like smooshing and all that. Uh, but anyways, we won't get into that yet. <laughs> I grew up in Nicaragua until I was 16, 17 years old. Then I left my country, lived in 14 different countries. Um, so I left my home and never went back. While I was growing up, though, there was um, a thing that, that um, like a sickness. Um, it wasn't a pandemic, but there was this thing that if you ever had it, you'll be rejected, pointed out. People will call you names. They don't want to be around you. They don't want to touch you. They will uh, just stay away from you. And then the boys, if we got that sickness or that situation, They'll shave our heads off. All the hair will be bald. And then the girls, they have to use this little painting or um, like a brush thing. It has to be really thin and just brush your hair to get all the stuff out of your head. These are called lice. And so if you had any of that growing up, you were impure. You will be put away. They call you piojoso. And it was, it was terrible. So we were so scared to get them. And if you ever got them, we didn't want to tell our parents because we knew that what was going to happen. They'll shave our hair off. And I had curly hair when I was little, and I don't know what happened. But it's, it's, it's gone now. And so the women, they will, you know, they will just brush their hair, blah, blah, blah. But we were so scared to be labeled a piojoso because those things, they itch. And when people start talking about it, I don't know if it happened. I'm talking about it, and I'm itching already. You know, I said the words like, wait a minute, where is it? Mm, mm, mm. And so uh, it, was, it was a terrible thing. You didn't want to get them. You didn't want to share them. You didn't want to be called a piojoso because it was so embarrassing. And so you didn't want that label on you. You didn't want any of that. Because God made us a people of contact. A people to make connections. Hey, put that picture up, Delilah. And so um, God made us that way. He designed us so we can make connections either spiritually, physically, uh, just in any way possible, even in business, make connections. God created us so we can all live as a body. It's like your body. You know, your fingernails are connected to your fingers. Like you're like, well, they're just fingernails. You know, we cut them off. Try to pull one off your finger. See what all is going to hurt in your body. You know what I'm saying? Like hit your finger with a hammer. It's like your whole body from your stomach outward, everywhere. You just hurt because your body is connected. So then we have this need of connection with people, with God, physically, spiritually, emotionally. And the devil's work is to make you think, that you just got to separate yourself. Oh, I can't wait till I graduate to leave my house and do my own thing. Disconnect from family, from friends, from the known world. We're going to talk about that today. So later on, you know, talking about sicknesses and labels and things, 
the Bible talks about a sickness that was very nasty. It was uh, something that if someone got this sickness, they will have to be put away for the rest of their lives. They cannot be touched because it was highly contagious. And that sickness is called leprosy. So there is different types of leprosy, okay? Um, there is a, a guy named John Brown, and he studied this sickness, okay? And he, he went to India to all the leprechauns. What are the places called? Leprosy villages. There were some in South America. There were in India and Asia all over. And they put these lepers there, and they cannot leave the place. He called it the centimeter dead. So what happens with leprosy, it eats your body, and you start losing your limbs. Limbs, hands, feet, nose, till you die. It kills you slowly. But in the meantime, while you have it, it's very contagious. So he found one type of leprosy that pe- the people were losing their limbs, not because of the actual sickness, but because they lost sense of touch. They could not feel anything when they had contact with anything else. And the way he found this out, different uh, cases, but in this one occasion, there was this patient. He was opening a gate, but the key was stuck in it, and it was rusted. And so uh, they couldn't get it turned. He's like, I'll get it turned. And he started going at it until he got it open. And he was looking up, but he didn't realize that he had punctured his hand all to the bone. But he couldn't feel a thing. And that was one of the effects from leprosy. And so he had lost that sense of touch. So we fast forward, and there's a story in the Bible of a guy that came to Jesus. And he said, Jesus, if you want to heal me, touch me. And Jesus said, I want to be healed. And that's what we want to talk about today. A touch, a connection. See, throughout your life, as you go on, you're getting older, smarter, more beautiful, more handsome, stronger, healthier, you're going to make a lot of connections. But the type of connections, the type of touches that you get in your life is going to affect your near and long future. And so, see, in, in, in the way that God created us, they did a study about married couples. And they say that married couples that touch each other a lot, they're liable to make it more through marriage. So I told my wife, see, I tell you. So they did this study, and they say that couples that they don't touch, they don't kiss, they don't hug, that they have a lesser chance to make it. So you married couples start touching each other. Come on. Um, Not in church, though. Just wait till you get home or whatever. But y'all can't still hold hands. And so let's do something silly right now. So if you have clean hands, reach out and touch somebody's shoulder to your right, to your left. Come on. I got the mic, so you got to do what I said. All right? Now, only if you have clean hands, though. If you got that COVID stuff, just uh, don't touch nobody. Um, so, um, so this guy came to Jesus, and he said, If you want to touch me and heal me. And Jesus said, Yeah, I want to. And I started reading different stories in the Bible. Remember the women with the, uh, the blood issue? 
And um, so in this story, though, Mark 40, it doesn't really give you like a lot of context of what went on. Like, it left me with more questions than answers. I was like, who was this guy? So I started thinking, I started placing myself in that situation, okay? So let's say five years ago, it, you know, this guy had a family, had a wife, had a kid. His name was Alexander, like mine. So I put myself in the story, and I was thinking. So all of a sudden, he started feeling this weird thing, and this um, will started coming up on his skin and in his lower parts. And I'm sorry if this grosses you up, but usually it produces bleeding in your internal parts. So it shows up through your tights and all that. So it's, it's nasty how it starts. And from that moment on, you can't touch anybody. And for some, thank you, sir. And for some of y'all, that's great news. I mean, some people, I was reading this article that there's a lot of women that they love this pandemic time because they get to cover their faces. And they don't get all the, 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 the piropos and the man telling it, oh, you're so beautiful. It leaves the man wondering, what's behind that mask? What's going on with that girl right there? Just cover the hair. And so I was reading an article that it creates a sense of privacy and protection. It creates a wall in relationship with other people. And I was like, that's interesting. Because we were made to be in relationship with other people and with God. And so a lot of times we find ourselves that we haven't been touched by God. And if you can rewind, when was the last time that you were in worship, in prayer, and the presence of God just overwhelmed you and you were just sweeping your heart out because you felt God so near? And that touch just really changed your life. I remember it was three in the morning. Uh, I was sitting on a wall at the Wagon Base in Nicaragua. And I asked God, God, I want to know how you feel about sin. Because I, I don't want to sin, but I like sinning. I like doing bad stuff. But I want to know what it makes you feel. And I got this, like, like somebody punched me, not in the stomach, but in the chest. And I couldn't breathe. And I was just crying. I was weeping, y'all, for like an hour. It was weird. But I really felt, you know, the presence of God just overwhelming after I, all the pain went away. I might have had a heart attack. I don't know what happened there. But I was just, like, in pain. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't talk. And I could barely cry. But I was just like... <gasps> And tears were running, and, you know, I got all creepy and ugly at 3 in the morning. I'm glad nobody saw me. They thought I was demon-possessed or something. But I wasn't in a wall. Like, I'm talking about a, you know, 16-inch concrete wall, about 8 foot high. And I'm just sitting there like, <gasps> if I would have fallen, I'd probably crack my neck. But I was just praying and spending some time with Jesus, and I just said, God, show me. And, and from that moment on, I said, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sin no more. And I still sin after that, but, you know, I ask for forgiveness, and I'm still working on it. But all that to say, I got a touch from God, and it changed my life. The other occasion that I remember is we were at camp, 
And I was just praying, and I was just, you know, praising Jesus, and I was crying, and I was like on my knees, and I was praying in English and Spanish, and I threw some Portuguese in there, and hola, la, we, we, deja vu, whatever. And so all of a sudden, I started speaking in something that I didn't quite understand. So the Holy Spirit filled me up, and I started speaking in tongues, something that I didn't understand. But it was just what was coming out of my mouth. And I started praying, and it was so strong, so powerful. In that moment there, changed my life. So there's going to be defining moments in your life. And just like this man, he was inhibited from touch. He was in heaven from either receiving or giving affection. And a lot of times there are circumstances that we are put in segregation. We are put in, in little labels. We are put in spiritual separation from each other. Amen? There is a Hispanic association. There is a black association. There is school for Latinos. And there is school for, I don't know who, Asian kids. And there is this group here and this group there. And you're this and you're that and you're this. And you don't belong here. You belong there. Amen? I mean, we've seen it. It's a real thing. And so um, I remember when there's all these racial movements or whatever And people ask me, have you ever been discriminated? And I was like, honestly, if I have, I don't know. Because <laughs> I just, I, I try not to pay attention to it because I am who I am in Christ. If you don't like me, that's too bad for you. You're missing out. You know what I'm saying? So, because I, I, I know what the Bible tells me who I am. I remember one of Chris's relatives, uh, I can't say that. They're not here. They don't go to this church. They live far away. Or somebody made a comment, and they were like, you know, these interracial couple things, you know, they don't go well here, East Texas, you know. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, and he said, well, we don't look at her very well. I was like, I'm still marrying her, so <laughs> too bad for you. I realized it was kind of a joke, but still not a tasty joke if you analyze it. But I didn't care. I was just like, whatever, dude. I'm going to marry the girl. I like her. She likes me. And we're going to make cute babies one day. Praise the Lord. So there are circumstances, there are people that are going to come at you and try to disconnect you. I'm going to use my wife again. Or there was a girl. It's my wife. Um, she was in her senior year of high school, and she has this really ugly boyfriend. Because before me, she only dated, like, ugly bad guys. And so, and she made a lot of decisions based on this relationship. Her senior year, who does that? You can't base your life in one person unless that person is Jesus. Because you need to make that connection with Jesus. And so she made all these decisions, and he totally took her away from God, away from her family, away from everything that God had planned for her. So she met me, and then everything was well. But the point is, you cannot base your decisions, your future, in one person unless that person is God. And so the world, society, other people, they're trying to disconnect us, to keep us from having a touch from Jesus. 
So every instances that I see in the Bible that God touches somebody, he brings healing, he brings restoration, he brings a future and a hope. But this special occasion, it, 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 it makes a difference. Because on the other one, it says, you know, Jesus touched me and he touched him. And I do this and he, then he said, your sins are forgiven. And then he healed the guy on the, on the little bed thing in. But this one, the guy asked him, if you want to, touch me and heal me. And Jesus said, I want to. And Michael Angelo, he drew this thing. And he, before that, he had spent like four weeks drawing the 16th chapel or whatever. And so there was a pope that asked me, hey, I want you to draw this picture. And he drew it on one of them churches. And it's God reaching out, David, and touching man. God's intention towards us, humanity, is always to touch us. And I want you to understand what that means, y'all, okay? See, when God, when you let God that close to your life, nothing is the same again. When you let God close in your heart, in your mind, in your situations, in your future, your life is forever changed in a good way. And then there's this thing called the fruits of the Spirit, and they start showing in you. And then people see those things, and it inspires them to change. So you have the power, by starting with yourself, to change a whole generation. And so we live in a time where everybody want to disconnect. They want to live in a virtual reality. I mean, talk about Bitcoin. There's computers going day and night, trying to mine, you know, cryptocurrency and he has no real value except for ethereum that's a good one but it's still going down so don't buy it so other than that there's all this virtual world there is all this just craziness going on that the whole purpose of it is for us to disconnect oh you start thinking well my family my parents they put too many rules on me so now i'm gonna do whatever the heck i want but see, there's a principle there. When you live in your parents' home, you have this spiritual protection. You were under their umbrella. Not just their rules. Because to you, they just look like rules. But to God, it's a spiritual bubble, a spiritual protection. Once you leave that, you're not under that. They're still praying for you. They're still, you know, they're trying to make connections. And they try to cook good meals and tell you, hey, I'm making... Uh, purple pie or whatever you're into and just to get you back home i know the goal of every parent or at least we talk about it we want to make our home a place that our kids want to go back to we don't want to make a hell so when they leave they never come back i mean we're still spank them and all that good stuff but we want to love them so much that when they feel lonely when they feel depressed, when they feel like the world is turning their back on them, they know that they can go back to mommy and daddy. Not just for money, but for some love. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, with that said, the devil is working in your head right now. You already got plans. You got all these things. By the way, I'm really impressed what y'all want to do when you graduate. Like, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I have no clue. I wanted to play soccer. That's it. I don't care if it was on the street professional college or whatever i just wanted to play soccer that was my goal you know anyways um so there is you know <laughs> it, this is not funny 
but there's clubs for like divorced people and like single mothers. These are terrible situations. But we got these labels on us. And some, at some point in your life, there's somebody that is going to come and say, Oh, you're this. Oh, you're this. And you're this. And you're this. But this is what you need to know. You're God's creation. You're princesses because you're a daughter of the king. Therefore, you got to behave like one. But you got to find people that will treat you like one. Because if you don't behave like a princess and you behave like a straight kid, that's how people are going to treat you. Amen? So you're a man of God. You know, he created in his image and likeness with a purpose to be strong and courageous. But if you behave like a chicken, people are going to treat you like a chicken. You understand? Because people get the wrong idea. Speaking of the chicken, this is my all-time favorite story. There was um, there was this, this eagle nest. He had a neck. And he fell off the tree. So the duck got it. Oh, wait. No, it was the chicken, not the duck. That's another story. So the chicken got it and put it with her eggs. So, and he hatched. And there's this little eagle living with the chickens and grew up with them and eating corn and, and worms and whatnot. And, and, you know, the eagle would go like, because she imitated what the chickens did. And he behaved like a chicken. And she didn't know that she could eat those chickens fried and they were good at the moment. So she would just like walk with them, behave like them. And, and um, there was an um, explorer that stopped by the village where this took place, the little farm thing. And he said, he said to the farmer, you know, that's not a chicken, right? That's an eagle. He's like, no, no, that's a chicken. And look, he acts like a chicken. He, he quack, quack like a chicken. And he just like eats the same stuff like the chicken. But he said, that's not a chicken. And he said, prove it. Fine. So he goes, take the eagle up on the tree. And that man is like, come on, little eagle. You're an eagle. You're an eagle. Throw it in the air. Guess what happened? What do you think happened? She got that air, heat in her face, and opened her wings. And what do you think happened, Alex? No, she didn't fly. She hit the ground, and she was all like, what? Poor little eagle chicken. And so the explorer was like, ah, oh, come on. And the farmer was like, I told you, that's a chicken. Picked it up, went back on the tree. And so the eagle was all like twisted and, you know, it's like, come on, little eagle. You can do it throw it again and there goes with half wind what do you think happened it hit the ground again this time her peg was all like broken and messed up and I bet the eagle was like please stop but she didn't talk she was like quark, quark. picked it up went back on the tree he's like come on the third one is, is the what do, you, what do they say the charm there you go la tercera es la vencida he Boom, he throws it down. It's like, God, oh, God, I gotta fly. Boom, hit the ground again. This time the eagle was almost dead. <laughs> and the, the farmer's like, Stop, that's a good chicken. We're gonna eat it one day and we're gonna get the eggs. And so they're like, No, no, I gotta show you. Picked it up again, went up on the tree. And he was like, Come on, eagle, you're gonna die if you don't fly. He throws it down, and all of a sudden, there's other eagles flying by. 
And she just took off. It's so easy to be a chicken. Stay low. Get the eggs. End up at farmers and farms. Or whatever. It's really easy. It comes natural. But you were designed. Your purpose is to be an eagle. To fly high. To lead people. To be a symbol of freedom. You know the eagles. They fly up to the mountains. When they're broken. When they're like all messed up. They pluck their feathers off. They're big off. And they look awful. But then they come back. And he said, he will, he will raise you like an eagle. Your wings will fly and lead. Why do you think one of our symbols in America, it's an eagle? Because he represents freedom. And he's like for patriotic people and people that were in the military, it's like, mm, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Because he's such a cool animal, such a cool bird. And so even um, for my Mexican brothers, isn't there an eagle? getting like the snake on the Mexican flag or something like that? Yeah, because it's such a strong symbol. And that's the purpose that God has given you in your life. But there's a lot of circumstances. There's a lot of people that are going to tell you, you're a chicken. But you say, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, I'm a princess. I'm a man of God. And God has called me by my name to do His work. But in order to get there, you got to get that connection with God got to receive his touch and that applies for old and young and middle age single married kids parents whoever that is the word of god god's not call you for higher purposes and a lot of times you're gonna miss it from now till high school graduation but you got a whole life ahead of you and god's got you in his hands and he has a purpose for you. So you got to step it up, get your wings, and you're going to fall a couple times, maybe three times. Maybe you won't get until the fifth time. But you got to keep trying. You got to keep going. And you got to understand that every time you get down, you can reach out to God and say, Please help me. You got to understand, you can call mommy and dad and say, I need your prayer. The whole purpose of the enemy is for you to get separated. But the fact that you're not there physically, you can still be there spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Your parents are never going to stop being parents. Even if you hate them, if you say, I don't want to see you anymore, they're still going to be your parents. You can always go back. Amen, parents? I, I can say that nowadays more than I used to when I didn't have kids. Because there's something inside of us, something that God has built that there's an infinite love for you. And imagine how much more the love of the Father is. I want the whole church just listen to this song. Take it in. Because you're going to find times in your life that you're going to be lacking. You're going to be needing either staff, money all the time. You're going to be needing support. You're going to be needing prayer. You're going to be needing a hug. And remember, I mean, hugs are free, y'all. You know, as long as you keep yourself clean and smelling good, people are going to like to hug you, you know? Just hug somebody. Just, 
shake their hand, high five, let them know that you were there, made connections. I remember um, um, there was this kid in high school, and he will just, I mean, almost kill me every time before his class I used to teach in high school. And he would just hug me so hard that it hurt. But I love his hugs. You know, it's like that Eminem commercial. It hurts, but I like it. Because he had so much passion, so much appreciation. I loved it. I love his hugs. And I don't get them anymore. But there's other people that, you know, the weird side hugs. And what's up? But let's listen to this song and let's think about when was the last time that God really touched you? Just take a moment of prayer. And then we're going to end up by praying with them, with the parents and everybody else. Our youth sponsors going to come up here and pray for you guys. So go ahead and play that song. But be blessed by this church. Listen to the words, though. You can close your eyes and pray where you are. You don't have to get up. Make a connection with God. Let God touch you. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now.
y'all know that we are proud of you, that we love you, and I know you see a lot of people here, you have no idea who they are, and that's okay. Sometimes, I don't know, some people that shows up here, and that's okay, and I'm here every Sunday, but um, church, I want us to make a commitment with these kids, and I like to do this every year, because they're going to need our prayers. They're going to need our support. And see, when, when you become a Christian, you become part of a greater family than your immediate family. See, you make a commitment to love each other, maybe not to understand each other and to accept everything that everybody thinks, but we made a commitment to love each other, to pray for each other. I'm sure, Alex, you're going to need some prayer. I mean, this is a good-looking boy right here. Strong, smart, charisma. She's got, she's got it going for her. She's got plans. She's got goals. I'm not even gonna say Angie. My goodness, my girl Angie, one of the funniest person I know. And Natalia, I seen her. We were talking the other day, and we decided that it was like fourth grade since she's been around here. And you're like, I've never seen that girl, but she's been here because she has changed a lot over the years. And so it, they're precious children of God. So as a church, I ask you today, will you commit yourself to pray for them? And we're not going to do that churchy thing that we said, I'll pray for you. No, we're going to pray for them right now. That way you don't lie in church. Okay? So first, we're going to pray for them. And then second, we're going to have a commitment to pray for them. Even if you say, God bless the seniors. You don't have to remember all of their names, even though it would be nice. But if you don't, if you just say, God bless the seniors, that covers them. So as a church, we want to keep them in our prayers, keep them in our minds. If you, you know, if you want to give them money, you're welcome to. People do that sometimes. You don't have to, but it's just an idea, right? So extend your hands. I'm going to ask the parents if you're here. 
or somebody else to come join us uh, here at the front, if you don't mind. If you're shy, you don't have to come. But other than that, um, I'm going to ask Ivan and Ashley to come too. We're going to pray for them, grandparents, aunts, uncles, neighbors, whoever wants to come. This is a, a, a village effort, you know. It takes a village. I think it takes more than a village, though. But um, so um, where's that mic, Sister Chrissy? So Sister Chrissy has something here for y'all before we pray, and we're going to present it to you. And so why don't you tell us what it is, babe? Okay, so this is just what we do, and we've done this literally ever since I can. Um, I'll hand them to you, and I'll get the next one. Uh, so as a church, we just, you know, we think the best roadmap you could ever have for your life is the Bible. Amen. So we love to give all of our seniors a new um, Bible. And Miss Amy, um, she's imprinted your, your name on that. And now we've actually given you two sacks this year um, because uh, the, the ones in these are actually from Pastor Samuel and Amy. So I actually don't even know what's in here because this is from something that uh, Miss Amy and Pastor Samuel have picked out um, for you special. But in these uh, other little bags here is uh, your, your new Bible. That's all this. Yeah, that is. Okay. So we just, again, just say congratulations to y'all. So let's extend our hands and we pray for our seniors. We're proud of you. We love you. We are for you, not against you. And you can come back anytime. We have Pivot. Y'all can go in there and have coffee every Wednesday. And I, you have a family here. And even if you need money, you can talk to me and I'll get somebody that has something to give you. Okay. So let's, let's extend our hands and pray for them. Jesus, we thank you for these seniors today. We bless them, and we pray that you will keep them, God, in your hands, that you'll protect them as they go and as they come, whatever their plans are in life, God. We pray that you'll support them there, provide for all of their needs according to your riches and glory, God. I pray for your anointing to be on them, God, that as they go, people will see that there is something inside of them, that they have had a touch from you, God, that they have had an encounter with you, and that their lives are not just, they're not just another number, another statistics, another senior, but they are children of God, and they are here with a purpose, God. So we want to bless them and and. God, we pray for angels to be around them, God, wherever they go. We pray for your protection. We pray for your provision. We pray for your wisdom in their life, God. And we pray for peace to the parents, God, as they let their kids go and and just go to new seasons of their life, knowing that they are in your hands, God, because we're all your children at the end of the day, God. And you love us. You're a provider, and you protect us in every step of the way. We bless them today with your blessings in Jesus' name. And people of God, we present.